0: Welcome, welcome to the DL Debate. Another, another pack show in store as ever for you this evening. I want to thank, of course, the legend of Borland for the Power Hour Plus and Michaela for the news. Thanks so much for joining us. As ever, as you say, we round up sport in the Northwest. Coming up on this evening's show, shortly we're going to hear... From Saturday's game, the Division Two B encounter, the derby match with Derry at uh, depleted Donegal and a new look, Donegal in many ways, uh, give Derry a game certainly in the first half, faded out a bit in the second, and still, but a lot in the match. Uh, you're going to hear shortly a couple of interviews. Neil Cleary, uh, former Donegal player and of course, joint as a player manager at Satanta now, um, and uh, we're going to hear from Mickey McCann, Ryan Ferry, caught up with him. After that, we're going to hear from Chief Sports Writer with the Star, Kieran Cunningham, and all the scenarios of the start of the GAA football season. Of course, what it's like, I suppose, from the capital's perspective and sports writer's perspective uh, on Jim McGuinness and where Donegal can go this year. Uh, of course, Mary Coughlin's appointment as uh, as the chair. And, of course... Are wee man across uh, the next county, Mickey Hart. What he thinks of Derry's chances of going all the way this year? Uh, being always interesting and great to chat to Kieran. Uh, just to be changed from what we were supposed to be doing this evening. John McNulty, the ladies' boss, was to be on. John's going to come on another evening, and we're going to hear from Maria Kelly, known as Maria Devaney in GA circles. She is in with a Masters, the the compromised Masters. The Australian team is coming over to play in a ladies series, and she is a selector and coach with that. She's going to give us an update on when that's all happening. But as I say, first up on the show, we look across to the Hurling and, as I say, Donegal's defeat to Derry in Division 2B. And first of all, I caught up with, as I say, Niall Carey. I'm here with Niall Cleary Niall uh, Derry at home uh, it was billed as a massive derby game Derry of course coming down from 2A it was going to be a difficult proposition particularly with players missing today level at half time but Derry showing their class in the second half yeah definitely Brendan when you you look at the game
1: from the start how many players Donegal were down probably down 7 or 8 players and real big players for Donegal leaders Um, you know it was always going to be a challenge but Still will be delighted with the first half played really well took some great scores um, the goal just before half time or a few minutes before half time was probably a bit of a killer a little bit of inexperience in the full back line just got caught under a high ball and you know going in at half time level instead of going in three points up against Derry is a, big, is a big difference and then the second half has just been the opposite of the first half Kinda, it's just been Derry on top in which they were always going to have their purple patch but Donegal are hanging in there which I suppose they'll, they'll be pleased
0: about Now yeah 10 leads in that first half Derry creating the, the chances we see Donegal hold, holding in there and making the best of it just notable in the second half the, the pressure that the Derry forward line putting on the Donegal defence that huge huge work rate causing turnovers I suppose that's what the modern game is about and that set the tail for Derry's dominance in the second half
1: yeah definitely Brendan Derry probably come into the game expecting you know when you're favourite you come in expecting to win maybe the forwards beat slightly off it I'm sure they got a bit of a telling off at half time come out in the second half bit of a different proposition you know because as you said the ball they were creating a lot of space in the first half a lot of ball going in um, especially into the full forward line so that was always going to start paying off at some stage which it has in, in the second half but yeah they started and then probably Cormac Dard he was a fantastic hurler there midfield very quiet in the first half but he's really started kind of running the game here in the second half.
0: Yeah yeah, and now, e- even with all that you know with Derry's dominance you know look White came out they had that monster uh, free with 10 minutes to go brought about the four points you're starting to think maybe but it just shows the fight that's still in during goal
1: yeah definitely I think they'll be happy with hanging in there considering all the players they're down Like they did have a few chances there there was a chance up here um, around the 21. They had a chance maybe to pop it over the bar, an extra pass, and Derry go up the field and put it over the bar. It's just there the kind of differences at this level. You have to be taking your chances. If you don't, you'll be punished up the other end.
0: Yeah. And now Tyrone up next. There's a two-week break, of course. Maybe a chance to get a few of the shorter-term injury players back. Does the derby games from your own uh, experience? Does it? Does it put a different edge to these encounters? You know, you have Derry now and Tyrone. The game coming up. Does it change? Uh, in terms of the mindset against playing teams
1: from from outside the area? Yeah, it definitely does Brendan because you know each other so well from club campaigns but also just from playing each other like we've always kind of been underdogs against Derry so we've always been really looking forward to that game it's always been a game you target every year to try and compete to see where you're at Tyrone had it over us for the first few years then we had it over them and now it's back to they've been on top so definitely there's big rivalries there and the proximity definitely adds into that but yeah, really they're really enjoyable games to play in
0: yeah, and of course now you're up here, of course, supporting your, your Satanta men and, and hoping Donegal work well. As a, as, a, as a coach now as well, are you looking at this from a tactical perspective
1: as well as a supporter? Yeah, definitely. You're looking at it there. You have the notebook in and you're trying to figure out little things like what are Donegal doing? Like I see Derry are going short with their puck outs a lot there. How are they working? And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely do start to, to look at things differently, not just, not just coming to watch a game anymore. Maybe a future coach of Donegal? ah jeez I don't know far far too early to say that because Mickey and Gabriel are doing such a good job there you know you couldn't be changing that so no maybe somewhere down the line Brendan
0: appreciate it thanks. thanks yeah fair play to him Niall Cleary there always great to catch up as I say after the game Ryan Ferry of the Donegal News was doing updates for us and he caught up with Donegal boss Mickey McCann
2: I'm joined here by Donegal hurling manager Mickey McCann Mickey your team have been beaten by 7 points in O'Donnell Park by Derry how did you see it out there?
3: look uh, Ryan we're very happy at half time maybe not in the scoreboard because we, we put on a big shift and we went five points up and look we made a few unforced errors and stuff and let Derry back in and let uh, their corner forward maybe catch it and age a square and get a soft enough goal considering oh, that you should be demanding the ball in that area so um, we weren't happy with the goal but Overall, I thought Donegal was everybody as good as Derry in the first half, and if we could keep it going. But suppose we worked that hard, Ryan. We went in the second half, we just couldn't keep that tempo up, you know. And Derry had more strength and depth. So um, overall, we're not too bothered. It was a decent performance against a very good Derry team.
2: Yeah, twelve points to to one nine at half time. Derry had ten wides and I'm obviously a bit of um, poor shooting from them but a bit of good defending from you, from your lads putting pressure on. Uh, but you were five points up at one stage and you were playing very well. The Josh McGee Crony showing well at corner forward, Liam McKinney was going well. Um were you disappointed that you weren't fuller ahead then at the break?
3: Yes, I suppose even you, even your Four or five up at half time if you held on that, Redrane would give them give you a chance when they get a purple patch that maybe if they got a run on you four or five that you'd still be well on the game level or whatever. But um, we just couldn't get that three pointer on the day. Derry Derry defense very solid and they the guarded the net. You know they got numbers on around there, so we never get inside a way lot. Um, and against teams like Derry and Hurling you, you have to hit them one or two goals like they did and it gives a wee bit of daylight. You know two goals that they got have been one point game So um, the fact we didn't get the three pointer on the day was probably wasn't going to be enough to beat Derry.
2: Yeah, and you went 23 minutes in the second half without a score and just, you seemed to lose your way a bit and I know the likes of Cormac Doherty in midfield for Derry started to take over and maybe just things started to go, go, go straight for you?
3: Yeah, a big momentum swing, they just kept clipping away, you know and before you know it and hurling your, your level one minute and five minutes later you're four or five down it's not, it's not like football as such, but... um. We did it was a bad bad twenty minutes to the start of the second half to put a first try. I think we had a point early enough, it was a point each, and then after that they had five or six in a row. So um, as you say, twenty three minutes without a score in Hurling, you, it's not gonna be enough against against Derry team which who's probably favourites to win the division. So um, you can't have, have, have long spells to get in hurling uh, with no scores.
2: In fairness though, there was good character showing that nobody threw in the tile. It got three points in a row then to to bring it back to four point game, but Derry just steadied up then down the home street.
3: Like they did, and look, they're, they're a super team, and it's as good as a any team as I've seen since I took the job. Maybe you know because uh, the six very quality forwards there, you know, in a very strong midfield with Cormac and Rory uh who, who who causes any team baller, you know. Um, but overall, Ryan, we're very happy with. Performance, you know, considering the amount of bodies we're missing and the, the big turnover in players from last year, you know, we're just counting as this, this nine, nine, ten, maybe seven starters in the record final, not out there. So um, you, you're asking young boys to, to go on there and play against Derry at, you know, at one of their first starts, and it's going to be a big ask, but it's a good learning curve. You know, we know Derry going to be the team to beat, but look, we'll just like our wins today and move on to the next match.
2: Yeah, so you have a you have a break now next weekend before playing
3: Tyrone, is that correct? Yeah, with Tyrone. Throne away to Throne, uh and away to Ruscommon Common, and then home to London here on St Patrick's Day. So look, if you can get a couple of couple of victories out of them, three games, Ryan, it could put you in a position where you're in the top three spot. And really, really, that's all we're after with, it, with with the restructuring of the leagues this year.
2: Yeah, and are we likely to see any of those experienced men back for for the Throne match?
3: Well. Uh, Sean McVeigh and Conor Grady are out of the country they'll be fully good to go training again on Tuesday night uh, and we're Rory Campbell who's carrying a be niggle I uh, expect Rory to be grand come the throne match uh, long term is Danny and Decky Danny and, and is probably going to be the championship and Dara Malija who's maybe, maybe back towards our common game um, i like to let like, uh, Richie Ryan and McDonough and Craigie McDermott have opted out this year so look big turnover Ryan if we can get two or three back at a time and then go into the championship we should have another couple back and not to forget Ron McDermott just coming back from a cruciate uh, injury, should be back the start of May so um, we're, we're down a lot of bodies Ryan no excuse today the, the, the team out there was well able to compete, compete with Derry for long periods but if you had a bit more strength and depth we, we maybe could have seen a better second half
0: yeah, thanks very much, Ryan Ferry. Great stuff. Mickey McCann doing a brilliant job. As ever, Kieran Cunningham is waiting to come in and we will hear from him after this break. Yes, welcome back. Now I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Chief Sports Radio with the star, Kieran Cunningham. How are you, Kieran? Not so bad, Brenton, thanks. Living living well in the Capital. Ah, uh living keeping the head down,
4: living low. <laughs> living down, low. Down, down low
0: the <laughs> I think we get like that as time goes on. Uh we're less attracted to the to, to the lights and more to the you know,
4: the chill out. Yeah, and no, I'm just not able for it. I uh, was <laughs> actually going to Donegal on Thursday, but it'll be uh I'll stay quiet weekend. Yeah. Be maybe one or two pounds, that'll be
0: the height sure, of it. But but to be nice in Glencombe Kill now, see if you old friends and catch up with a family.
4: Oh, yeah, no, get, get, get a bit of skinning get a bit <laughs> get of skinning if, head,
0: if no is about, no about yeah they'll be skinning we used to joke there in the in the county squad with aftermatch uh, pints and the crack that you know there's certain groups you needed to be in and if you weren't in them you could be getting skinned you know <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. So, oh, but so. you
0: were, if you're in the old group you're getting skinned anyway so <laughs> it's not getting different. well I caught up with them recently there there was a wee 92 reunion so I joined them for a wee while in Sister Sarah's uh, in Kieran's place, great crack. I mean, such a bunch of characters, you know, it was a it was a great couple of hours with him. Um he's just uh phenomenal memories. Um uh, Kieran we've loved through them all. had great times. And in terms of those times, Kieran, you know, the, the second coming of Jim, of course I'm very interested in your perspective from outside the county. Of course the first one, you know, changed the face of, of football uh, as we know it. And maybe more so actually Kieran, I was thinking about this today, maybe more so in twenty fourteen and twenty twelve, because the all-conquering dubs who were going to sweep everybody aside, you learned that even a team as talented as them could be done by a tactical uh, uh, counter-attacking team. And I think from then on, I think that was maybe the bigger change. Uh, what, what was your feeling of Jim's first, I suppose, input at that time and then the, the change in nature to now? Uh, there's a lot to cover
4: there. Well, um I remember. To, do you remember Ollie Murphy used to play for Meath? Well, Ollie's great, a great fellow. Like yeah. he keep, you know, you don't see him much around. Like he's not somebody who crops up in the media, or you know, once he hung up his boots, he walked over the sunset. He was still playing around. Uh, he was still playing in goals for his club. I think around the age of fifty. You know, he's still. He's a great, a great, a great, great character. But I met uh, Ollie one time, and I was talking to him, and uh, Annie, and I was asking about Meath, and I said, like you said, the button in Dublin's throat for years like how did you get them let them get back on top and he says he says Kieran, we lost a bit of madness he says you need the bit of madness he says you know a lot of the Ulster teams at that and we and the thing is uh you know Donegal had that bit of madness in a wrong way for a long time that probably held us back but I think Jim brought the right kind of madness like in 2011 it was more methodical and more or, uh, you know organizing and being hard to score against and just get that Ulster title which was a huge deal for Donegal because it'd been 19 years and then when the ambition when you got more ambition and worked in the transition game and the attacking game and I never forgot, I, I always hated Donegal described as defences after that because they weren't defences they were counter-attacking and you saw that in the, the tallies that put up there were a lot, a lot of very big tallies in 2012 2014 you know because of injuries 2013 was a write-off but uh um, there, there, all, there was also the bit of madness like, I always think um, if you watch Jim Gavin's Dublin a hugely successful but it's like if you take the Soccer comparisons because get into that because Jim has spent so much time learning from soccer but they were like Guardiola's Manchester City yeah. like they were just very calm and composed and just wanted out and, and like well, people were saying they were quite kind of boring but I think Donegal are more like Klopp's Liverpool. But even if Liverpool are 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go, there's always a bit of jeopardy. Like, there's always, yeah. you know, there's still five or six people up pressing and a high line at the halfway line. If anything can happen. And I think it's brilliant to watch. And I think, like, no, we're only basing it on the evidence of McKenna Cup and a challenge match and, a, you know, two Division Two games. But I think there's the germ or something there happening with Jim, and like this year might be... Yes, welcome back, folks. Ciarán, are you back on the line? I am. I didn't even realise I
0: was gone. I was <laughs> talking away <laughs> <Sorry>. to myself. <laughs> yeah, my, do you know what I tried to ring you there? The phone was going to the answer machine. We were we were yeah. queuing up a track. funny. Sure. Joe Diggs is with me here, and he was like... What do you want to play? Do you want to play us? And I was thinking, this track's going to represent me now. And I was like, no, not that, not that. I was like, what's wrong with my head? And then you just landed back in, Kieran. Good timing, my man. Good to get you back, sir. All right. Uh, uh, where was I? What, what, what? No, sure,
4: ask me another question. Where, yeah, what, what yeah, we, where were we? I don't know where we were.
0: We, yeah, we'd, we, were, we were around. We, we had to talk about Ollie Murphy and the and the, the badness, I suppose. You were on about Jim and the evolution of the team. Yeah. How Donegal were actually a counter-attack and, Team and you didn't like them being called defensive and and, and what Jim and yeah, Brad yeah, I suppose and yeah. you were saying then we're obviously very early into this tenure, you know, but you're seeing the seeds of of something good happening.
4: You are, and I you know I don't know if you you heard it when I was saying that, but I think I think Jim was you know Jim was obsessed with Mickey Hart and Tyrone when he came in the first time about breaking them, because I think he thought if you have to if you're going to have any ambition of doing something. Uh, with the T and Ulster team, you have to break the dominant team and the dominant manager and I think he sees Derry as a dominant team now uh there's clearly the evidence is there that they have been the last couple of years, so I think he will he will be gearing uh everything towards celtic Park. You know there's an argument that Ulster isn't anywhere near as important as, as it was because of the change in the all ireland series and you know, you look over the years since you like you mentioned '92 and meeting some of those boys. Like since Donegal were in that, uh, no, Donegal have only been in what one, two, three, four, four All Ireland semi-finals at '92. Mm. You know, so uh, you know since the same change in the system, even when Donegal were winning quite a lot of Ulster titles, they weren't backing them up with getting to the last four. And like, uh, ideally for me, if I was to say what ideally I'd like from this year for the goal is getting promotion and get the All-Ireland semi-final. If they win all Sturridge and bonus, but, you know, to expect them to win the All-Ireland or be All-Ireland contenders in the first year back, you know, with, uh, you know, Jim is out a bit of it a while, getting to know new players, them getting to know him. And he'll li- have li- new ideas that he wants to impose. Like, it's so it's, it's hard to do that in such a short space of time that you have now. Like, I wouldn't rule them out Ending up in the final and, to get you, to a semi-final and, or winning Ulster but at the moment like uh, yeah. getting promotion in the last four would be a great year. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. funny, I asked him about promotion his he, line was ISIS is a priority he says if we get promoted it is, if we don't it wasn't you know, I mean he, yeah. he actually like I talked to him a couple of times he came very very happy very content you know you could see you know, back in the game, you know, that he grew up with and loves and and uh you know, you could feel that off him and, and, and such a pride and such a drive for the team and
4: Yeah, and I like I heard the interview you did with him, Brendan, like it was a very good interview, uh and uh I've I've heard him after games a couple of times as well since he came back. And he's been remarkably open yeah. compared to most county managers. Like he's explaining uh, he'll explain after a game what he what he was trying to do and what didn't work and what did work. And he's talking about plans, you know, that they'd like to, you know, about how the game has changed and things that he, th- other ways he thinks it might change and things he thinks he might bring into it. And it, it's, it's really refreshing to hear that. And, you know, and I, I think people are kind of brushing past, like to, to me, uh, you know, some people will throw it at Jim, you know, that he tried soccer and he failed. But to me, I, I, I like you look at the percentage of people who try to make it as, as soccer managers, like uh, there's stats there in England, uh, over 55% of them never get a second job after having a first job. It's so hard to get into. But what Jim will have learned is he's had 10 years of coaching in soccer mm-hmm. and doing all the badges and coaching in different environments and in different countries. And you pick up a, a huge amount of knowledge. And like I see even something like a soccer now, like Arsenal. I don't know why more teams don't have it, but Arsenal have a full-time set-piece coach. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The improvement in their free kicks and corner kicks is unbelievable. Like, they they score so many goals from it. Have... Set, set plays was one of the things that Jim concentrated on as a coach. And I think there's there's room for imagination of that in Gaelic football. Like mm-hmm. if you have, there will always be a, a, a time in games where five minutes ago you need a goal. Mm-hmm. You're going to get at that scenario some stage and you will get a free around the middle of the field at that stage. You know, you can work some kind of movement then that you uh, create a goal chance. You know, that you just pull the def- the defense out. But you see, it's amazing now, like because soccer Gaelic football used to be sometimes compared to rugby or even rugby league, but tactically it's so similar to soccer now, in the emphasis on on uh, uh, the attack and press, on sweeper keepers, on the goalkeeper being used as a playmaker. On low, blo- no, having two low blocks in defence uh, w- 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 when you don't have the ball, you know, we're tr- tr- trying to work turnovers as quickly as possible when you when you, when you lose the ball. It's, there's just a lot you can gain from it. And like, yeah. it's really exciting when you see that uh, attack in press when you're throwing so many bodies up. And there is a risk-reward risk thing to it. And you will see that thrown at Klopp's Liverpool. Like people say, that high line, like one ball and the guy's in one-on-one. But he knows that, and Liverpool know that, and all his coaches know that. But they take the, they worked it out, and they said, we'll create more chances at the other end by playing this way, so we're sticking with it. And sometimes, you know, bravery brings its own rewards. And I think, um, you know, you look at that, the 120 against Cork, getting that kind of score in January is a good sign. Yes. You know, it's a good sign. There's a, there's a lot to be positive about.
0: Yeah, there's some great points there, Ciarán. And listen, I, I think that's the case you just always, I suppose, even though Division 2 has got stronger now, particularly with the resurgence of Armagh and with Galway and those teams putting the squeeze on the World Division 1, the teams that tended to be about there. Remember, it used to be Roscommon and Kevin. These teams would go up and they'd go back down but now, certain teams, are, a lot of teams are getting their act together. I still think there's a decent drop off to 2 and what Cork brought on the day, particularly in the second half, was burnout. We played well, Kieran, you're right. And Jim himself says he's not finished. with well, soccer yet? He plans to go back to it. And just imagine mention Hart there and targeting heart um, Kieran, in terms of the season, sh- is it best then that we have Derry round one? Let's say we lose to Derry. You're coming fresh at the group stages in many ways. That is probably the best draw we could have got. Derry first day, if you beat them, you're on a roll. You probably you're you're in a great position to win Ulster And if you don't, then you're fresh going into the group.
4: Yeah. You know, the one thing I would say, I wouldn't say, like, you're, you're like, it'd be a good big scale, but I wouldn't say you're, you're in a great position to I'm not sure I'd say you're in a great position to win Ulster because own, uh you know, Tyrone have problems, but you still go through the players they have. They have a lot of quality. You know, Armagh ha, have been very unlucky, in, you know, a couple of penalty shoots in the last couple of years, stopped mm-hmm. them from making big leap forwards. You know, they could have gone either way, you know. And, uh, yeah. Monaghan were very, very close to making the All-Ireland final last year. Cabin put it up to Donegal for a lot of time last year. A downer definitely improving under Conor Laverty. So I wouldn't take anything for granted. I think Donegal, would, you know, if they did beat Derry, you know, they'd be hard to beat. But uh, the the hard one is interesting because I remember talking to Sean Cabin about this and... uh like, I, I I meant to check it just before coming there, but uh, the, Derry won the Mechanic Cup under Mickey there, right? I'm not sure how many he's won now. I think it's, it might be 13 or 14 yeah, more. He's won an incredible yeah. amount yeah. of Mechanic yeah. Cups. And it's, it's, uh, Sean Kavanagh was saying to me, he just wants to win every game. Like everybody, like you saw a couple, like Armagh were playing a B team in the Mechanic Cup and they were sending their first 15 out to play challenge games against Dublin. Uh, strong Dublin teams, you know, so they they put more store and challenge as the McKenna Cup, but uh, Hart always wants to win it, and then he throw everything at the league as well, and then throw everything at Ulster. But I think that could backfire on him. Like I think it's complete, I think it's completely wrong that the I know they've had a break now. A few of them went off to Spain, I think uh, the the lads, yeah. Connor Glass and that. But but I think going going straight in. To play Kerry, you know, a week after one, less than a week after one in a club All Ireland. Having a year uh, a year before that, they went back to training three days after losing All Ireland Club Fine. I don't think that's sustainable. Yes. I think you do need a, a, a fair, very lengthy break, especially where the county season is now. Like those guys will come back. They might have had their wee break now and they'll be back in this week. But after that, like it's bang, 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 very short at the Championship. The championship, you're into the championship, short break after the provincial champions at the All Ireland series. And you ask yourself if you are like Terry and have ambitions to win the All Ireland, is that is it possible to push yourself that far? Like I I I just have a feeling there could be a little bit of burnout coming with Terry.
0: Yeah, listen, kid, I, I totally agree. I thought that was crazy. And even we I was at the McKenna Cup game where where Derry kinda showed where their level was at in the second half and know it was a McKenna Cup, but the way they kinda bossed the game, I know we were missing a few players, but so were they. But like that, the heart said, listen, I'm leaving the door open. Uh, I could not believe a way to carry to you of all, of all things. And you just mentioned there, you know, you, you highlighted the likes of Meese you were on at that time eh? Ollie Murphy and a bit of madness and that. And, you know, Donegal mm. at that time. And and surely then, Kieran, that in GA you still need that fire, a bit of madness. And that's, there's only so much of that is in your head. So if you keep going into big game who so obviously Derry are targeting the league. I think they could very easily win the league. So those lads have to go up for that. Then you're in the All-Star then in the group stages of the championship. So when you want them at their best, which is if they get back to where they were last year, is a semi-final, to take them into the final. Are they, as you said, I can't see how there wouldn't be some drain on them, whether it be physically or emotionally in terms of getting to that, you know, that high level you want to be at, at the,
4: at the peak time. Yeah, no, no well, we'll, we'll see down the road, but I just think, I think they're a very good team and they're a team that... Uh, that might well win Ulster again. Might well be an All Ireland semi final or even get to a final again. But I think that they are missing that bit of quality, particularly in attack. I think to to win All Ireland, um, I just think that maybe maybe even one quality forward more they need. Like if like if Shane McGuigan and Conor, or Connor and, and or Connor Glass had um, a quiet enough day or well held, you know, I, I'm not sure you'd be that confident were two or three others to pick up the slack, yeah. And I think, like you know, I I have seen comparisons made with Jim McGinnis, you know, Jim McGinnis's first Tony Gall team, but I think Jim had far more an attack to work with, you know. Aye, and aye. Uh, like it's telling, like, like Jim wanted Michael Murphy back, Jim wanted Ory McNeilish back, like he did go to both of those, and I think that you know that shows Jim wants all the best players there, and mm. you know that was a problem with Derry for for some years and under different managers, not all the best players were in the squad, like. It hasn't really been a problem with Donegal, thankfully. No, it, it, last year it was an issue. This year, no, those both both those fellas are effectively retired, so you could say it wouldn't have been a surprise if they came back. But like he has got, got fellas in there that I wasn't sure would buy into. Like even like Aaron Doherty from my own club. Aaron has never really you know, he's been in and out of panels and hasn't really committed that heavily, but like he's he's gone in with Jim and Jim can be very persuasive. I think it shows that.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, listen, I totally agree about Derry and listen, Mcguigan is unbelievable. But you, you're right, Kieran. Should, should he pick up an injury or something? He is so integral to what they knew. You know that young know, Murphy boys come on well there. You know, you said it. Sometimes it'll take them a few years to be that type of player. You know, of Murray. There's yeah. a lot of boys. She, uh, son of um, the the Derry '93. What do you call the the captain? It's his nephew. Um, oh, yeah, they they have some young guys coming through there that that are good, but whether they're up to that level again of of where McGuigan is, I think he's unbelievable. By the way, yeah. and uh, he he can be the difference in in every one of their matches. But should he have an off day, be marked out of it. It's the same scenario, I suppose, as Clifford and Kerry in that as well. The integral nature did,
4: but. Kieron, just yeah. just one. Yeah, sorry, just yeah, just a quick one, that Brendan. Because I was looking at the players that are available to Donegal. Like you are going to get injuries and maybe suspensions at different stages. But it's uh, you, you have uh, you have forward options that you haven't always had there. Like you could pick out, and we'd all probably have different uh, sticks that you would pick. And you would still look and say, oh, there's three, four, five, maybe even six good forwards there that I'd be happy enough to put on one." and often it was a case you would have one or two forwards on the on the on the bench you would trust but i think there's more than that now and that, that that's that's really important you know whether you know we have to, obviously we have to keep it up at the other end and have to be competitive in midfield which has been an issue in different games but we still come out of it but uh i think there's a, there's a positive there yeah, yeah, totally agree. Kieran.
0: Kieran, we question for you, I'll not keep you much longer, man. So, thank you so much for giving up of your time. It's brilliantly chat to you. The the change in the we had obviously a very traumatic last year in Donegal GA and uh you know there was luck there was a lot of people looking for a new direction, particularly from our our uh, county board, our for, former Tonusia, Mary Collin. I know your man knows his, his way around the political landscape, but what did you think of of her coming in as the new chair in terms of of what she can bring uh, to to Donegal?
4: I, I, to me, it looks like a positive because she's hugely experienced. She's a huge amount of contacts. Uh, no, she's been in all tri- sort of tricky scenarios. Like you look at when when Mary was tarnished, at, like it was it was a very grim time in politics. You know, with the bank crashes and everything else. Looks like, so as she. You know, she's, she's used to dealing with uh, all sorts of stuff being thrown at you. And she's a very straight shooter, I, th- I find, with Mary. Like, she, she'll be very blunt and she might put some people's noses out of joint, but something that <laughs> no harm with that. And I think she she will be an asset as well in terms of fundraising. And, you know, wh- whether we like it or not, money has become so important in uh, in inter-county game. Like, it's it's become a crazy arms race in many ways, but... Yeah if you want to be competitive, uh, or if you would, definitely if you want to win silver where it be the business end of the championship, it's gonna cost a lot of money. And both Jim and Mary coming in will will help Donegal in that regard. Yeah.
0: And I suppose Sinead Breen's in there as well and we've we've got some new things, mm. some new ideas and she's very positive, you see her around the games and that she's such a love of the game and the whole setup of it. And it was I was at Pettigrew's did her dance a few weeks back and Mary was there. And you're right, Karen. She's, she's so adept at, at handling situations. I think from the back of last year, it, it came only positive. Karen, the money thing, just last question on that. You mentioned the Premier League. The side that spent the most money there, I think the, the majority of the Premier League teams, won the championship. Now we have the case of the highest-ranking mm. teams in the country. You could put them in their place by money as well. You know, that impact is, is massive and uh, it's,
4: it's changed the whole nature of, of County G.A., yeah, and uh, and you 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 don't see the full picture either. Like we, uh, like if you look at hurling um, and JP McManus and Limerick, like JP McManus gives a million euro to every county board in, in the country. And one of the things I was thinking about when that happened is, like, God, I wish I wonder how much he's given to Limerick <laughs> over the last ten, twenty years. Because hmm. we don't know, but like it, it clearly uh, has a, has a, has helped them. Uh, you know, like in terms of they they're incredibly well conditioned. You know, uh, like. They're, they're so well looked after and you know the the facilities everything they've had has been put in place for them and it's like you look where Donegal or now compared to when you were playing Brendan like you know that you you know you have a you know you have the center of excellence like mm-hmm. you know it's not like uh, everybody's wearing training gear like it's not like you're ju- you used to go to training you know you have 20 different jerseys of training like it was yeah it's just a different world now and like it all costs money, it all adds up and you know there is hypocrisy in the GA as well that you know we're still amateur. I don't think, it, it's a very very loosely amateur organisation now because so many people are paid um, you know there's a sentimentalisation of the club game where a, a massive amount of managers are played like mm. I, I sometimes find that hard to take like you would see uh, all the, or you read these pieces or see or hear people going on about a club and how, what a great club it is and you know how rooted in the community and everything else, and then you're looking at the manager and the coach and think, "They have, a year ago they'd never given that club a moment's thought in their lives, you know." But suddenly they're all aboard of the club. What, what attracted them to the club? You know? <laughs> Cl-
0: it's just, Cl- it's a great example of that. I suppose, Garen, in terms of? Yeah, you
4: know, uh, well, can't name or, any names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it, listen, it's, it's basically. No, but
4: it is a, yeah. a reality. Like yeah, you look yeah, at yeah. Uh, it's it's um, it's now it's. Uh, it's I, I don't like that. Like I, I, I like manager to be from your club. I Honestly, I, I think that you have to... And, and, and manager in your county. Like You see that with Jim. You were talking about his pride and passion in Gall. It's very real and it's very strong. I've heard mm-hmm. him speak at different events, like at business events and everything. And he really gets Donegal people in the palm of his hand when he's talking about it. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens, you know, an outsider never is that feel for your club. Like, it's a gig... It might be another gig for them next year or the year after, somewhere else, even in a different county. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally agree. That's why I'm helping out a wee bit at St. Julian's. Yeah, all for the love, Kieran. you You're you're right. (laughs) You can't escape it. Kieran, listen, that was phenomenal talking to you, sir. Uh, Much appreciated. And keep flying the flag for us Donegal boys up in the capital there, sir.
4: Okay, no bother, Brent. Okay, take care. Cheers, Brent.
0: Thank you, Kim. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye. Cheers. Ciarán Cunningham there, Chief Sports writer with the Star. It uh, was brilliant interview. Always great chatting to Kieran, Great, great insights. Hey, after the break, we're going to speak to Maria Devenne. Yes, welcome back. Now we talk to a woman. She's got two names, actually. She's uh, Devenne and she's Kelly. She's Devenne Energy World, so that's what we're going to call her now. How are you, Maria? I am um, brilliant, Brendan. Thank <laughs> you very much. Sorry, oh, Alan, I'm... about that. Now, obviously, she's hitched up to uh, a good male man, uh, Alan yeah. Kelly. Uh, Maria... The 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 news broke in the family there that you were uh, asked to join in with a new compromise rules masters ladies squad. Yes. And Maria, could you give us a bit of background into how how all this came apart and when it's coming up?
5: Yeah, Brendan, uh thank you. I suppose it happened fairly quick. It was like an early Christmas present today. The truth It happened in December and uh the the International Rules Masters men over forties and over fifties uh, Is happening in March the 9th and the 16th. Um, and the Aussies are bringing two uh, big, strong teams coming over for that. But they also announced that they were bringing, for the first time ever, an over-40s Masters women's team. And, uh, you know, John Pat Sheridan's over the the, um, the Masters group here in Ireland. It's a big task. We don't have a Masters uh, women's team in any of the counties. But fair play to him. He says, yeah, let's do this in this short notice. Uh, let's pull a, t- a management team together. And uh, so there is one person from each province, and I'm representing Ulster. And we Michael Moyes from Mayo, who you would know and played for Mayo and managed the Mayo Ladies, played the International Rules as well. TG Collins then from uh, Munster, who's down with the UL Ladies GA and the Sigerson. And Samantha Lampard, and uh, used to be past captain of Tipperary. And then Eamon O'Brien as well, who would manage a lot of teams, the women's teams in uh, Leash. So great management team, and in fairness, the the I suppose it was a less head for me or head pain for me is that the 23 girls were already selected by the, each of the uh, masters teams throughout the different counties. So we didn't, because you don't have time for trials. So we were given the, the the list of players, and some of them play counties, some of them haven't, and we 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 started our, our training plan, and we're tracking towards now the 9th and 16th of March.
0: And Maria, just that list. who who who, who was able to come play that? So they basically give you the cream of the crop of players of that age, but that would take a bit of work getting getting that all together and just figuring out because obviously you you want certain players to do certain roles and that. So it's a huge thing to kinda of pull together a squad like that and get them ready for a for a game because I suppose you're thinking what are the Aussies doing on the other side of the world? Are they <laughs> are they <laughs> have they secretly been training this last good few months and got this uh, really good team there, I suppose. That's a small bit of a, a fear in the background.
5: Yeah, well, you said it, Brendan. I'm like going, right, okay, what is this Aussie team? Because, you know, they, a lot of girls would have played professionally in NFL and and uh, and then, you know, I'm trying to sneak photographs of them training. going, jeez, they look very tall, look very neat. What are we up against here? But, yeah, it says before, you know, playing years kind of county. I know so many players throughout the, the, the country and probably would have loved a chance to play, but it was because of the timelines were very were very um tight that really each of the, the masters that um exist in the twenty three counties they nominated. I'm not too sure how that came about, whether you had to still be playing or 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 or, or what the, the, the protocol was that was. But we literally were, were given the, the twenty three names. And uh as you said, you know, you're looking to be a goalkeeper, do you, where do people play? But I think the whole point of this was that it was going to be enjoyable. It's never been done before Masters. And I, Brian, I cannot tell you the buzz from the girls because this opportunity to play for your country, like, we've never had that before and um, from a Masters perspective. And these girls are just buzzing. We've had two sessions uh, uh, now so far. And, uh, you know, the hype and the excitement. And they are getting stuck in. And if, if anything, it has opened up the, the door to God. You know, maybe we could be doing something like this uh, because the, the, the Aussies have this set up the last couple of years. They have this Masters over 40s where they play and come together. And, you know, maybe we've done it from an a interprovincial perspective yeah. Uh because now we're in our 40s and you keep getting younger, Brett, and you're nearly younger than me now this is but they... Uh, so, you know, the body can be so so senior county football or club football, and and the demands and you're marking a lot of people younger than you. You know, the appetite may not be there, but something like this, where you train for you know a couple of weeks and you play a, you play um over a weekend, uh, could give the the over forties uh, or, or women who played football or um something to, to a goal that they could achieve to, because I said, the appetite is definitely there, and these women are flying and they're fit. Diane Toner's representing, or uh, Dan McGlynn, married the great Frank McGlynn. She's representing Donegal and absolutely flying. They're doing the running and they're just getting all geared up now for, for these two test matches. Yeah.
0: And just on that fitness, breathing, is there, I remember way back in the day they're playing uh, the Aussies and we had to do fitness tests because the game was so physical and that and say, you know, at that stage, maybe the first year, 98, it was still knockout championship, so you could have a good few months before there was a trial. So I think the guys were worried maybe you wouldn't be fit enough for this. Mm-hmm. You know, the way in a trial you can do so much, but maybe not be the fitness. But we had those, you know, the bleep tests? We had to yeah. do them. Oh, God, the I, horror. Oh, I hated horror, them. So you really? had to get...
5: It's all nightmares over. Uh, yeah, I
0: think you had to get the over 11 or something to even be in contention. I remember doing it up in Dublin. I don't know, have, have you put the girls through that?
5: Well, if we did, we wouldn't probably see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> again, put them off. Yeah. No, we haven't. You know, uh, Michael Moyes is amazing, and he's kind of manager, and he gave them all a fitness regime to follow over the seven, eight weeks before we meet. But again, the promise is that, you know, it's 18 minutes, four quarters, and uh, five minutes, and on and off. Uh, it is the unknown. We've never done this before, and we don't know what they're like. But, you know, I was really surprised. Some of these girls I remember marking gave me nightmares, Brendan. And I'm like, I would say that to them. I've fallen around the pitch when I was playing for Donegal. But uh, geez, they're in great shape. Uh, and, uh, you know, Michaela Downey there from down could still be playing on full forward. She nearly put Eamon and all in the back of the net there last Saturday. And we're learning, the, the I suppose, the, the, the new rules as well and the tackling uh, and things like that. But, I mean, they're going for it. They, they, there was no standing off. It was going all in. They're physical, you know. But we're having the crack as well, and that's the big part of it. These these people are going to be bringing their families down to these games. They're, they're, they have a lot of them have children. They're going to see their mothers play for Ireland. It's incredible. It's really yeah. great. And, you know, the men's too. You have Paul Callan playing for the the over 50s, and you have Conor McShane here too, part of my club here in Poor Masters, playing for the over 40s. And there's so many people going down and uh, to watch them. And I just think it's incredible that you can see your mummy in your 40s playing for Ireland and these Aussie rules. So they're going to be special memories.
0: And Marie, tactically, in terms of the Aussies, it'll I suppose it'll be so mad, you have the two games. So the first game, all you can go on is maybe, if you can find some bits and pieces of, of video information on the players to kind of, kind of highlight who's the danger, you know, who's the good forwards or who's the hard-running midfielders. You've got to get all that together. And of course, in the first game, then it's bang and it's in. So I'm sure yeah. there would be such a massive jump from the preparation to game one and then into game two when you've actually seen yeah. them firsthand and you can kind of get a more of a tactical plan. But I suppose that's the same for both teams. Yeah, it's the
5: same for both teams. And, you know, we the the big thing is is the fun but at the same time as you know yourself and any of those guys walking on there is as competitive as can be and they'll want to win no matter what obviously and I know I talk about the fun and all the rest but we're there to win at the same time but yeah it's the it is the unknown like we met the Aussie team management team on Sunday morning nine o'clock through teams and uh, they've been trading away. And, uh, you know, yeah. we've only had three, uh, two did sessions. You, did you lie? Did you
0: gonna... lie? <laughs> you start lying, then, yeah. We've, we've been together Bye. for months. We yeah, we yeah, go, but... yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about uh, playing mind games. But, uh, yeah, we're all right, OK. But we are, you know, as I said, the girls are but uh, they're foot. And, you know, tactically, you're right, Brett. And, look, we're just going to go out, play our game. You know, you hear it all the time. We only know what we can do. We've we've seen the girls. We know the positions they like to play. Um and they're 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 eager. They're 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 as I said training. They're getting their fitness up, ready for these games. And you know we have the sub on, sub off. And you know as you said, like we I've been looking at photographs. I've been looking at some of the, the 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 cups that the Aussies have put up. And um, I suppose because it's a round ball, we'd be more used to that. So the the funny you know, um so the marks and things like that would hopefully move the ball up a bit quicker. But you know you really don't know to that first game and and then you've only. The, the couple of days before the next game. So uh getting the bodies rested and, and, and uh ready to go for the sixteenth.
0: Hmm. And Marie, is this LGFA affiliated or who's who's organizing this? Who's who's backing this in terms of your setup?
5: No, this would be uh the, the Galax Masters Association of Ireland I so they're out on their own. Um uh I wish it was all in one because it would help a lot of these guys are 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 fitting their own balls heading down covering costs and stuff like that because you want to play for your country. And but uh, what is the Masters does, uh, thing
0: though, Maria? Are they backed up by the GA or is this kinda No, it's
5: all it's all run independently of themselves. It? Yeah, it's yeah, oh right. yeah. Now hopefully there's nobody coming in. You got that wrong Maria, but no, I, I yeah. John Pat Sheridan, he's based in Mayo, lovely man, he kinda started it and I think they've put it out a few times but it hasn't uh, actually happened yet. Yeah. Now again, I could be wrong, and um, put a disclaimer in next week. You can correct me, Brendan. Oh, if I am, but I think they are independent. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and again, this women's it's it's, it's these guys volunteering that's keeping us all together and running the show. And I'm just so delighted that they didn't say, "Oh God, we've never done this before. We're not going with it." They decided to do it because uh, what it's meant to these these players has been huge, and uh, we've been getting on great and really enjoying it. And you can really see that there's an appetite there. So hopefully something more will come of it.
0: Yeah, well, listen, of course, the LGV and the, the GAA, pr- I can't believe it's taking them as long to kind of partner up properly. I think the likes of the Masters and should all come under the, the one umbrella because, Marie, all the gears playing have given their life to their club and their county. And if there's mm. something in this that they're again willing to progress and put on, and, and uh, mm. I think they deserve... Well- The support, yeah,
5: yeah, I think they have that mothers and others that the ladies, the LGFA have, and it it works brilliant. I would have done it for my knee, just won't let me play anymore. If if players would only run in straight lines, I could play still, but unfortunately, the twist and (laughs) twist, so that's me out. But uh, you know, but that's non competitive, and you know. There's, as I said, when you go out to that pitch, it's a natural, and cause as you said, you played for 20 years, uh, Club, Club County. You, you can't drop that competitiveness. Now, the is fantastic, played a great crack, and it's it's trying to embrace and be inclusive of everybody. But, you know, there's definitely you no know, more like there's an appetite for the men. Who, you, now, you have even over 50s, which is amazing, an uh, uh, international uh, team as well. There is definitely, from what I've seen and from girls giving me calls, going, jeez, how do we get on this, Maria? And I was like, look, the team selected because of the time frame, but they would love the the opportunity. So I imagine I'm hoping that this will start the you know the platform that we see it move on and and see it progress to more counties or even in the in the different provincials.
0: And of course, we have the last question to you. We're down the last couple of minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. The way trip, everybody's thinking. If it goes well, let's go to Australia. That's the shout. What do you think? Take, I'll come with well, you. If you, so if you need a kit man, phone, a uh, kit kit man or something.
5: <laughs> and I said to my husband, going, oh my God, i just, you know, this opportunity to come up. And that's the first thing he said. It's a return trip to Australia. <laughs> I <can't Yeah>. mean, <laughs> think that. But uh, look, we'll see. I mean, it'd have to be a like huge sponsorship because as I said, there's nobody, only ourselves, it's, it's covering the cost. I mean, the Aussies are covering, they've got some sponsorship, but a lot of them, Are coming over with their families and they're fitting a lot of the ball themselves, you know. So um, hopefully uh, we don't mess up totally, and uh, there would be an opportunity. I would be on that plane and gone, of course. But uh, yeah, so fingers crossed, uh, as I said, uh, you know, um, it's uh, thank God. Or, um, well, Alan. Anyway, because I'm gone that much that he's he loves the GA and he's like, yes, do it. Uh, yes. And I, I'm, I'm sure he's thinking there might be a trip in here for me. Aww. after
0: it so. <laughs> yes. There's a long plan, Alan. It'll all come good for you, end. Maria, magic as <laughs> ever. Thanks for joining us this evening on the Deal Debate and good luck. We'll we'll get a wee bit of update from you after the first game.
5: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Brendan. Thank, Thank you. you very
0: much. That's Maria Devaney there. Fair play to her, folks. Well, that is a wrap. Uh, this evening, Jimmy and Paul. The two Dutty Gold, Jules Hollands are uh, waiting to come in. there as well. They're kind of telling me to get off. Uh, time's up, Brendan. <laughs> Listen, folks, thanks for watching you for tuning in this evening. Thanks, Joe Dex, for producing. Head of Sport, i Kelly. I'll speak to you all next week.